This is your body and X, and this is the Candid Frame. We have a lot of things going on at the Candid Frame, as well as making some big changes to the look of the website. Next week, we'll begin posting our listener profiles. So every Tuesday, we'll showcase a photographer who follows the show, providing a great opportunity for you to find out more about the other listeners who enjoy the program. We'll be posting those every Tuesday. Now, one of the best ways to showcase your work for possible inclusion on the site is just by joining the Candid Frame Flickr page, where I've already discovered some great talent. You can also share collections of your work on the Facebook fan page. I've also created a brand new Google Plus fan page for the show, which is open to anyone who's on Google Plus. Next Thursday, we are also relaunching the TCF YouTube channel. We had been experimenting with this a few months ago, and we decided to make it a regular part of what we do at TCF. So, along with tutorials and some reviews, we'll also be posting some Google Hangouts, and those will be released on Thursdays. Lastly, we've also launched what we call our one-on-one mentorship program, which provides an opportunity for people to receive some photographic instruction from me on a more personal level. Whether it's a review of your portfolio or engagement via the internet or in person, it provides a level of instruction that's just not available in most classrooms or workshops. You can find out more by visiting the the website at thecandidframe.com, and if you sign up, use the promo code TCF2013 to receive a discount. Chloe Rice is a young photographer who I met as a result of being part of the Samsung Image Logger program. I see the work of a lot of young, up-and-coming photographers, and sometimes there can be a uniformity or sameness to the look of their images or portfolios. What strikes me about Chloe's work is that it documents a similar youthful, active world, but the images are wonderfully personal and fun. I really enjoy looking at her photographs because she not only documents what her world is like, but she also shows how she feels about it. Well, Chloe, welcome to The Candid Frame. It's, it's a, I'm excited to have a chance to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. I've been looking at your work, you know, when you've been posting it in, in uh, you know, on Facebook and, and on, your, on your blog. And, and one of the things that sort of just piqued my interest was the fact that your, phot- your photography has a lot to do with who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's very reflective of your life. And I look at that and that's a life that is very different from mine. <laughs> and I like and I like that about the work that it's it's wonderful photography, but it also gives me a glimpse of a different lifestyle and a different interest. And that's something that a lot of photographers are encouraged to do, but a lot of them don't embrace it. And it mm-hmm. seems like you you have. Uh, is that just something that as soon as you picked up the camera was just a part of how you used it? Um. Yeah. I mean, in a way I, I took a photography class in college and they kind of told us to go out and shoot, you know, things around us. But I lived in Florida at the time and I didn't have very many people around me. So it was, it wasn't really inspiring. So I I stopped doing it, but then I started kind of picking up books by, uh, photographers that were actually more musicians or followed musicians. And, 
And their stuff was the most interesting to me. And I was like, that's something that I want to do is take photos of an interesting life. And so I had the opportunity to kind of go on tour and have a, a crazy life. And so I bought a camera for that reason and then just started shooting things around me and figured out like what what was the exciting things to look at and what was kind of like more of a, a lull. So I kind of picked it up from there. And I like being able to document my life in a way that I can look back and be like, I'm happy that I got to do that or, you know, things were exciting. And so it's, it's a personal kind of Zen for me. So you're, you're making choices because you go, Oh, this would be fun to do, or I've never done this before. And, and you just take your camera along for the ride or are you sometimes thinking, Oh, this might be an interesting thing to shoot or is it both? I think everything could be an interesting thing to shoot. And so I bring my camera everywhere with the thought of looking for something to shoot. Like uh, if I'm in some place where I feel like it's not going to be the most exciting, it gives me a challenge to be like, okay, how can I make this look fun with my camera? <laughs> well, you said you were looking at some music, uh, some photography from uh, musicians or some mu- music photographers. And you, you looked at it and then you thought that, well, that, that was exciting. But what, can you sort of quantify what it was about those photographs that really sort of spurred your interest? What was it was it that was it the lifestyle that you sort of imagined by seeing those photographs, or was it something else entirely different? Well, I, uh, a lot of them are—they're not photos that I've ended up taking, but they just—they're photos that kind of gave a little bit of mystery. So they'd show the results of something that happened, and and you don't know like you know why it was important for somebody to take photos of just like balloons in the middle of you know an alleyway mm-hmm. but you know that it it was an indication that something great happened and things like that like kind of built that mystery for me and I, you know that that actually points out one of the things that I like about your photographs is that the things you choose to photograph are less than obvious choices <laughs> i think that a lot of people would think oh this is a a, a great photograph this is worthy of, a, of making an image. And yet you make really wonderful images of stuff that most people would just overlook. Oh, and right. and some of the images, I think, work for me just because of, of the color. Mm-hmm. You see, you have some of your shots where, where the color is just fantastic. But it's the choices that you're making in terms of what you tend to shoot that makes what you do exciting for me. Yeah, I like when people get more candid with their shots. Like I like feeling like I can I can imagine how somebody's naturally looking or waiting for the camera to go off. And those are the photos that I, I really love. And so I try to kind of capture those more candid moments. And usually if I try to set something up, I set it up waiting for the in-between moments so that I can capture that kind of thing. So you're largely self-taught. You mentioned that you took a class in college. So in terms of your vocabulary, in terms of your sensibility, where are you getting getting that from now and, and over the last several years? Because I see some similarities to some photographers of your generation that are making pictures that, you know, I commonly maybe see on Flickr or in certain portfolios, but I, I nevertheless see, like I said, something really personal about your work. But in terms of you sort of developing your eye, Mm-hmm. How How is that coming about for you? Because it can be a little harder when you're just there on your own making pictures and, and trying to learn what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, I I found that Photoshop helped a lot in the beginning to take a photo that was pretty standard and then know how I wanted to see it and then being able to have a knowledge with how to tweak it the way that I want to. 
And that kind of helped me be like, okay, well, how do I get this image through the camera instead of through Photoshop? And so it's a lot of trial and error. Like everything I've done has just been, I've messed it up so horribly that I know better next time. And that's the only way that I really learn. (laughs) So when you're photographing, because you've photographed uh, a variety of different events, it seems like you went to to Comic-Con, you've gone to concerts, you're hanging out with your, your friends. And there are a lot of people who photograph the very same events, but when you're when you're out there, how much how much of it is just you just having a good time and making snaps, and how much of it is you being conscious that okay, I'm a photographer and I'm trying to make good good photographs. Oh, I just have fun. Like it's just going places and like kind of being in the moment, and then just kind of like taking pictures, like capturing Pokemon. <laughs> just like, I just want to remember it. So I'll just take it as I go. It's really, it's, there's not much thought put to when it's like an event. You mentioned in your, one of your blog postings that you like making photos of strangers. And <laughs> I know that a lot of people who are interested in that, but I think that because you're doing all these different activities mm-hmm. that you get an opportunity to photograph some really interesting looking people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and not just that they look quirky or strange, but they seem like they're people you really would like to talk to a little bit because there seems like there's a story behind them. And I, I think I get to feel what you feel about them when I take a look at those photographs rather than just how some other photographers shoot someone and it's just sort of fodder for, for their camera. Yeah. I've had people take my photo in the past, like when I've been out at events and I've uh, had like a certain look going on and, and all the photographers that, that I've come in contact with are kind of like, Oh, can I take your photo? And I go, yeah, sure. And they don't want me to just be myself. (laughs) Like they want it at an angle and they want it to look a certain way instead of it just being like, talk to me for two minutes and then take the photo within that time. And, and you'll get the, the like most unique, photo that you can out of that that one person because everybody has their own uniqueness and I think it's it's important that if you're taking a photo you try to you know find that so so walk me through that process in terms of how you approach people on your on your blog on July 27th you have a a, a four several photographs there Mm -hmm. one of which is a a guy with this intense beard <laughs> and he has this look as he's looking directly into the camera. Um, <laughs> um, tell me the story behind that photograph, because I, I I like the photograph, but I'm immediately curious as as to who is this guy, what's happening. What is that photo of? <laughs> I don't even know. It takes already. My vlog on July 27th. I'm trying to think. Oh, I see what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a I started, I just moved to San Francisco or outside of San Francisco. And I, I'm shy enough to say like, I don't know how to make friends. So I started shooting at galleries around here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was a a gallery opening and, and to be in a place where people are are kind of like, they know they're going to be seen and the possibility of them having the photo taken. It's a little easier to go up to somebody and be like, Hey, can I take your photo? And also it's, it's a social event. So it's, it's, uh, it's asking them for me, I like to ask somebody if I could take their photo, take it and then kind of 
talk a little bit from there mm-hmm. or, you know, like make a comment on the photo or, or do something to kind of break the ice and then take that photo again after talking to the person. And usually that second photo is the, is the one that I like more, you know? Oh, really? Okay. So that was kind of, I had taken a photo of that guy that was at the event and then it was a it was a pretty standard photo, but that one his eyes were like just a little more tweaked after I had talked to him and found out like he was kind of sillier. So oh, okay. kind of the choice that I had. I didn't even realize he had such a crazy beard. <laughs> it's a great beard. I wish I could grow one as well as that. Yeah. <laughs> at least the stash. It looks so good. Nice. Well, yeah. that's that's really interesting about the fact that you you know after you make your initial image, you talk to them and engage with them, and then make another photograph afterwards. Because that that choice of talking to them, engaging with them, really changes the relationship between the two of you, even though you're really relatively strangers. Yeah, and I think just that little interaction with people in everyday life it it makes a, a difference with like how you're able to see them as a little bit more than a stranger. Like suddenly you have acquaintances and then maybe they can be friends. Do you find that, you know, when you go to events like this, it's, there are events where people are kind of there to be seen as much as to see other people. Yeah. I find a lot of that is, uh, is people treat things like, like fashion week. (laughs) 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 Kind of. So I, I love it. Like I love seeing people's different styles and especially coming from New York to here where it's like, it's such a difference between East Coast and West Coast and how people want to be seen and, and like their own personal style. And okay. You, you, you got to flesh that out for me because I think that sounds like it would be interesting. What's, what's the difference, not just in the way they look, but what they're expecting in terms of how they want to be seen? What's, what's the difference you're picking up? I find that in New York, Everybody's a little bit crazier, <laughs> like, but it's such a common occurrence to come across somebody that's like, I mean, you pass so many people every day in New York mm-hmm. that it's, it's a little easier to be able to talk to them and be like, Hey, I'd like to take your picture or just like compliment them on something about them in passing because, you know, 20 minutes from now, they're not going to remember it. So it's a, they're a little like more open feel like and, and louder and uh even the the things that they wear are a little louder and more vibrant and here on the west coast it's it seems like everybody still has a little bit of that like san francisco hippie vibe to them like it's a little slower they're a little kinder and their palettes are like a little more neutral okay so, so does that result in you photographing them any differently a little bit i, I find that my photos since i've moved here are a little more neutral with color and and color is a big part of the photos that I take like I love big bold colors <laughs> yeah and I see that in some of the images especially the stuff that you do of just little items mm-hmm. you know you, you're taking pictures of I guess it's your dog you know or, or some <laughs> or some people's dogs or you're taking pictures of of uh, things that you've drawn or crayons or dolls or coffee cups. I mean, all these little details. And the cool thing about it is that you're taking these very ordinary common subjects and you're often making really interesting 
compositions that as much as you're using color, you're also using like space and the relationships of those objects with other objects within the frame. And it's, it's like, this is stuff that you've found and you've <laughs> photographed, or are you oftentimes seeing the potential for it and then playing around with moving stuff around in order to get those, get those photographs? I do a lot of post-production and, and work within my house recently. So that's where a lot of it comes from is oh, I'll take okay. a batch of construction paper or something and then an item that I want to be presented, but I don't want it to get lost within the other things in my house. So it's, it's as easy as just finding the right color that I feel like would make that item stand out sometimes. And then just, you know, putting those two together. But I love the way, especially with with Instagram and, and square format things where things are being put in a grid uh, yeah. to see those colors next to each other with different items. Like I love how that looks. And if I could contain myself to just have that kind of organization where all I do is, is take a photo of, you know, an item and then have it next to a color. I wish that could be my entire Instagram sometimes. <laughs> So Instagram has played a real big part in your sort of creativity and your growth as a, as a photographer. Some, some photographers hate Instagram, but uh, some people, I love it. I think that, that some of the stuff that I see come out of there is really interesting, regardless of how the image is made or how many filters people apply. Sometimes it's, it's more how people are seeing that excites me more so than anything else, rather than what technique they followed. But, but for you, why do you think that, Instagram is such an interesting and exciting part of your, your photography. I feel like my photos particularly work best when they're in a group. Uh, oh, oh. When, when you see them like on my Tumblr page, I, I tried to make it so that they're all kind of clustered together so that you get the overall feel of things as opposed to just looking at one and being like, that's a photo. So I like Instagram for the reason that you can look at somebody's profile and then see a grid and kind of feel the way that they, they look at things. I mean, a lot of Instagram profiles are not like that. Mm -hmm. They'll use the same washed out filters over things. And, and it's just like, you make a potentially cool photo, really boring, <laughs> but there's, a, there's a lot of like creativity that, that could be found within Instagram. And, and I found a lot of great photographers and artists and, and other people that use it um, in a creative way. And so it kind of is inspiring to to kind of keep using it and keep trying to figure out new ways to like make my photos look good in a square. Yeah. You make an ex excellent point about bringing images together. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, like you said, it's the juxtaposition of, of two or three images together that all of a sudden becomes something exciting. Individually, the photograph may be okay, <laughs> but suddenly you bring it in between in relationship to another image and something magical happens. Did you discover that by, by accident? Were you looking at other people who were doing it and felt like, Oh, I need to try this. Yeah. I feel like with the way that I find like a lot of formats now, especially online and in social media are embracing kind of like clusters of things. And, and I guess it just kind of happened that way where I, I just kind of was like, looking at my site as a complete thing once I put everything together. And I was like, that that kind of encapsulates what I've always wanted to to do as a photographer. You know, like all the bright colors and and all the like 
kind of off, you know, headshots and, and things like that. And I didn't realize it until I saw it all put together. And growing up, it, it was a little bit different. Like, I'd go through a book full of seemingly mundane photos. But by the end of it, I'd, I'd kind of be really intrigued by mm-hmm. the person. And, and I feel like individually, the photos don't stand out. But once you're, once you're kind of looking at it, and you're kind of entranced by it, you can go back and kind of choose your favorites. And, and then from there, take a one photo and be like, that's my favorite of the whole bunch. Yeah. Um, how, how long have you been photographing seriously? Been photographing seriously for probably about seven or eight years. Okay. So are, are you at a point where you feel confident about what you're, what you're doing and what you're producing? Or I, I know it's, it's a tricky question because I think every photographer doesn't ever feel completely confident. Yeah. But I think there comes a time where you feel like, oh, I'm able to produce good images consistently. Yeah. I feel confident about that. Are you at a point where you feel feel that way? And 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 when do you and if it's and if so, when did you feel like that that not you not that you were good, but that you were that you were consistent? I still don't feel that way. <laughs> I yeah. never feel consistent. And and once I do, like uh the feeling of consistency is kind of the feeling of, of stagnancy for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, okay, I've been taking the same photo way too much and I need to right. level up. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of a two way street because ideally you, you want to have that feeling of like, okay, this is my style and I have control over it. And you know, when I get hired for a job, this is what they're expecting and this is what they're going to get. But at the same time, it's, it's, I always want to, to learn more. And I always want to be able to know, like I can do different styles and I can work with different cameras and do different things. So it's, it's kind of exciting to always be wanting to learn new ways to shoot, but it's also a little, uh, a little bit of a downer yeah. <laughs> to be like, I, I never feel like I'm completely in control of what I'm shooting. Now you make an excellent point. Cause I, I, I've been going through that this year, looking yeah. at my work and f- feeling like, well, I keep doing the same shot over and over again. And mm-hmm. I've been trying to shake it up by making different choices in terms of how I'm shooting, what I'm shooting, when I'm shooting. And it's, it's been interesting to see what comes out as a result. And it's a real uncomfortable place to be because I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah. I'm glad that I'm doing that because it's like I'm discovering that I can make images that I've always aspired to make. But because I was always falling back on stuff that I always did, I wasn't creating an opportunity for me to do so. So yeah. how are you? How do you challenge yourself, particularly when you're you're going out there and you're making images all the time, and it's so easy to just fall back on on the tried and true. I put myself in really uncomfortable positions. Like I'll take a a Polaroid camera with expired 600 film and be like, okay, I'm going to make this work instead of using, you know, my digital SLR, which I can make work no matter what. I'll just go out there with, with an analog camera and, and force myself to be like, I'm going to get a good picture. And then with that kind of confidence, I'll develop it and find the photos that I'm like, that's the best one. And, and even if it's, it's not personally like what people that 
follow my work are used to and they might think is cool. Like it's, it's a satisfying thing to know that I set out to do something different and I did it. And that's the kind of accomplishment that, that kind of keeps me going. So, So what has people's feedback online done in terms of your development as a, as a photographer and how you feel about your photography. Cause before the internet, you were kind of just relegated to your family and friends, maybe a couple of classmates, but now you got a whole world that <laughs> potentially can be looking at your photographs. And I know you have a bit of a following. So how, how does that feel? And how do you feel like it impacts what you do? I like negative feedback. <laughs> Something about it makes me be like, okay, what do you think I did wrong about this? And, and how could I, make it a little bit better. And that's one part of it. And the other part is, is that I honestly don't care. <laughs> so, so it's a little bit of both. It's like, I'd like to know what people thought was, was bad or like iffy about it. And on the other hand, it's like, it doesn't affect what I do. It's just interesting to, to see how people see me and, and how, how they, uh, acquire like the differences that I'm making. But overall it's, it's how I feel about the things that I do. And it's a, it's a personal thing for me, but I, I've embraced it a lot. And, and I love that there's like a following and then that I do get that kind of feedback. And, and most of it's so positive though, mm-hmm. that, that it's, uh, it's, really like heartwarming and, and inspiring to keep going to be able to share things. Do you feel sometimes the critique is coming from people that really don't get what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like people don't get what I'm doing. They kind of leave me alone, which when the internet started, people were really mean. <laughs> Not like when it started, but when I started using the internet okay. as, as an outlet, people were mean. <laughs> and, and it's like, you were just this faceless person and you could just be, a total dick to someone. And and now it's, it's kind of like people are looking to other people to be inspired and, and it's easier because you're faceless to be able to write an email. And, and I love those emails. Like the emails are the best part of doing what I'm doing is if somebody asks me how I achieve the photo that I got and then I'm able to to kind of like go over the process personally and be like, you should try to do this. You know, I think you're right on point there because I think that when people take a look and they follow someone, there's something about their work or what they're doing that excites them about what they can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that when people take a look at your work, that they'll see that there, there are choices that can be made in terms of what you can do with a camera that doesn't follow that long tradition of that perfectly composed perfectly lit image that you're always seeing in, in magazines or, 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 or other publications. Yeah. And I think that's that sort of fresh perspective of unusual choices in terms of composition and, and color and light and all that other stuff is what makes photography exciting because yeah. I don't want to just keep seeing the same cliched images over and over again. I want to see somebody who makes a different choice that really embraces it that may not completely work all the time, but is doing something different. And yeah. I think that you've been doing that. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that being unique and different is, is the most important thing. And it, it's also the most inspiring thing for me is to see somebody just 
doing what they want until they create it into into a style. Well, since your your style is so personal, so when people come to you and they and they want to hire you for something, how does that that work? Because a lot of people feel like, well, if I do stuff that's very personal, like you're doing, who's going to hire me? Yeah, and I don't see that your work is one that one part is relegated to. Okay, this is the work that I get paid for, and this is the work that I do for myself. I think for you, they're all completely the same. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about when people come to you. Uh, how are they finding you, and what are they saying that they like about your work that they want you to do work for them? I like to, I think I said before, like uh, to take any situation and kind of make it interesting or personal, and. And a way that I do that is like I'll add googly eyes to, you know, a a pot, a potted plant. So instead of taking a picture of the plant, you're taking a picture of a plant that has personality. And doing doing like little embellishments uh, mm-hmm. is one way that I go about it. And the other way is that it's it's just making the subject that I'm shooting look like a friend. And and I I'm a horrible bullshitter like I'm really bad at it I can't do this thing where I'm like oh no you're gonna love my photos they're gonna be great and I'm kind of just down on myself so that someone's not getting their hopes up and and I think a part of that's a little refreshing (laughs) as as well as it is it's it's like I explain my style I explain like this is probably how it's going to look. And, and in treatments, if I'm working for a big job and I, I give them a treatment, I'll use examples of photos that I have. And then they, they know to expect pretty much that photo, um, with their things. But, but since every situation is different, it's, it never comes out exactly the same. Speaking of googly eyes, um, you're big in a doll making. I am. And what's what's that about? How long have you been interested in, in, in that? And you, you make a choice to make that a big part of how you present yourself and, and market yourself and share yourself online. And some photographers would think, oh, I can't put that stuff out there. But you you make this stuff and you share that just as much as you, you do your photography. What's the what's the interest there and why you and why do you choose to to mix it? Um. I don't know. I just I I just think of my online presence is just me. And I love taking photos and so that's what a majority of it is and I also like making dolls and sewing and and so like what's the harm in saying that I can sew? <laughs> you know, like uh I don't know. I I've been sewing since since middle school and I would take classes and learn how to make things but I love cutting and pasting and just like doing anything that's hands-on and, and a lot of cutting and pasting and sewing uh, is kind of uh, therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And so there's something fun about making a doll, not really thinking about how it's going to turn out. And then it turns out great. And, and the possibility of like using that as a subject, if I don't have anything else is, is an exciting thing to to add to photography. So are you taking a camera out every day? Are you one of those photographers that always has one handy or? Since I started the Samsung thing, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before it, I'd, I'd, I'd take, I mean like, yeah, I take a camera out everywhere. I have a point and shoot that I use. That's just like an old Canon uh, 35 millimeter 
and it's small enough that it fits in my pocket. And so I'll take it just in case. But between my phone, that the Samsung camera that's like so light and goes directly to my phone, like those, anything that can fit in my purse and isn't obtrusive, I'll bring it. Do you find that those smaller cameras like the phone or the, or the mirrorless camera have resulted in, in you making different pictures or, or photographing differently? Or do you think it's, it, it hasn't mattered at all whether you're using an SLR or something else? It's, it's great to have it and it's great to be like no matter how mundane my day might have been, I took a photo <laughs> and I could try to make that photo exciting. But the downside to it is that it's so easy to just point and shoot and point and shoot. And there's there's like no there's no twenty-four exposures to say, okay, you're done. You know, like you can just shoot until your battery dies. And and I end up taking too many photos sometimes. So I end up with a lot of junk. Okay. That was the next question. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of, a lot of junk to go through. And, and so I, yeah, I try to counteract it. I'll, I'll use it only like a two gig card, which is even just finding a two gig card is, is kind of difficult now, but at least it gives me a limit to be like, you can only shoot about a hundred raw images. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's a great suggestion. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. I put it in a very small, medium, small size card in my camera, knowing that okay, I can't shoot five hundred. Yeah. Does it stop you from from shooting things, or do you find yourself kind of like shooting and then deleting and then? I don't delete. I just tend to be a lot more careful about yeah. how I'm looking at something. So I'll see something, and I'll go, "Oh, this might make a good photograph," and rather than just taking just that one photograph, I'll move the camera to different positions. I'll change my distance. I'll start looking at the light. I'll start looking at the, what's in the foreground and the background and I'll make, and then I'll make the shot. So I think I'm a lot more thoughtful mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. not as much in a rush when I know I've only got a limited number of, of images that I can make on the card, which for me is, a, I think is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Having a 32 big gig card in, in my camera, I think just makes me, it would make me lazy. And though I do have a big capacity card, if I'm doing a lot of shooting, mm-hmm. uh, most of the time I'm putting smaller cards into my cameras just because I know it's going to slow me down in that way. And I find that the, the photographs that I make as a result are, are usually better. Not all of them are winners, but at least I'm slowing down and being more, more thoughtful. And I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. I, I think cause you know, I feel like doing photography is kind of an experience. Like it's a, it's a hobby. It's something that you do. Uh, and, and it, a lot of it is trying to be like, okay, how do I make this scenario work? And, and when you're able to shoot so many photos at a time, you kind of lose that. And then it's just, you're going on autopilot to be like, well, that didn't work. And then you try again and then you shoot it and it doesn't work. And then you try again. And, and I, I think that's good when, when you're learning mm-hmm. uh, to do a lot of that trial and error, but it's also kind of like a test to be like, well, I'm only going to take two photos and one of these two photos is going to be the one no matter what. So are, are you making a living as a photographer or are you doing other work to, to make, uh, make ends meet? I'm fortunate enough that at this point I'm making a living as a photographer, but since I do freelance, it, it is really like a month to month thing. And so 
I don't, I never feel like I'm fully there where I'm like, yep, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting a loft and just being the photographer. So I always keep other things under my belt. Like I, I do carpentry. So I did carpentry for a couple of years and I know that photography is not working. Freelance for like carpentry jobs are are pretty openly available too. You're getting more and more interesting the more I talk to you. Oh. <laughs> I'm an you, got a, you got a tool kit and a camera kit. I'm like an onion. You just peel the layers. <laughs> so so when you decided to make the leap as a photographer, what was your family thinking? Because um, it's, it's not an easy way to make a living. No. my I feel like my family's never happy with anything I do anyway. So <laughs> I don't think much about it. Uh, I I feel like they're as supportive as they can be, but every generation's different. And so the photos that I take and I show to my grandma and I'm like, somebody paid me to do this. She's like a little confused. <laughs> She's like, it's, it's not even centered. The person's not even smiling at the camera. Like, how did you make money off of that? But <laughs> they, uh, they're always skeptical because of the way that I shoot and the way that it's you know, it's not her Brits. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the stuff that you typically see in, in the galleries, but I think that that, I think it's important for people to see this kind of work. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. Cause a lot of people look at that and, and go, well, that isn't what photography is supposed to be, but it's exactly what photography is supposed to be. It's, it's supposed to be a, a personal expression of who you are as a, as a person. Yeah. And because I've seen photo, I've seen so many photographs where it's technically perfect. It's just perfectly sharp, perfectly composed, well printed, all that stuff. And I just go, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about any of these pictures in this portfolio or in this website. And these are pictures that I've seen a hundred times on other people's websites. So why should I care? Mm-hmm. So I think that people sometimes need to sort of shake that attitude off. And realize that people are responding to work like yours and understand that there's a reason why that's the case and try to figure out what it is about it and not, and not simply poo-poo it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're having fun and I think that comes across in the images and I think that's often missing from, from the photographs and I think that's, that's great to see. Yeah. I think like you should love your job. Like that's the goal, right? Is doing what you love and, and I, I love just living life and uh, being able to capture that is, is great. <laughs> That's awesome. You've yeah. played a little with video. Are you going to be doing a little more of that? I think I am. I think it's kind of like my next exciting step. I, uh, I just got final cut the other day. Like it's been years of being like, I'm going to get final cut and stop using iMovie. And then I finally did it. And just being able to add titles to something is like you can just make a video say anything. And so I'm excited about trying to make ridiculous videos and, and informational videos and just kind of playing around with that is really exciting. I checked your Vining account. Oh, did you? <laughs> and the, was it the blind pigeon and the chauffeur? Oh, the lazy pigeon and the blind chauffeur. The blind chauffeur. Oh, yes. Okay, I looked at that. And <laughs> if your mom, if your grandma doesn't get your picture, she's definitely not going to get that. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. But I, think I don't even get it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got turned on to Vining. I had no idea until this week what that, that what is, was even going on. 
but I it love was, it. but it, yeah, it's so much fun. And, and I looked at that and it was so in line with what you're doing with your photography, which I think is kind of cool. So that's why I asked to see if you're going to delve more into that. Cause I'd be really curious to see what you do when you introduce motion into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I am. Um, I recently found out, uh, people, people get jobs primarily through Vine to do it for companies. And, and I think that's great. Like it's so, it's so perfectly, like if somebody told me in high school that it's like, you can cut and paste construction paper and take photos of it. And somebody wants you to do that as a job. Like I would have just been making pretty much Vine videos my whole life, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's stop motion. Like they're, they're stop motion artists. And I didn't, know until recently with Vine how how serious stop motion artists are and so it's opened up a whole new door to be like how do these stop motion artists do what they do and so I'm pretty excited I I'm working on a on a Vine related business job right now and it's it's super intimidating and exciting and it's a whole new new way to level up (laughs) how how, what's the community that that you have created for yourself to support you and yourself and your photography. I know that the, the Bay area is, is really rich in terms of that, but w- can you take detail for me? What, what's that, what's that like for you? Cause you mentioned earlier when you moved there, you didn't know a whole lot of people, mm-hmm. but, but now how do you sort of create an environment that really helps keep the juices flowing? I've kind of like switched, switched feet a little bit. I, I spend a lot of time, just working within my house as opposed to going out in New York and, and meeting people. It's still hard. Like I still have a hard time meeting people out here, but, um, but I'm kind of content with having like a small community of the same friends and then being introduced to their friends and, and kind of taking photos of those kinds of people. And, and, uh, and, you know, I'm I'm in a community full of artists, like fine artists and and illustrators and and things that are completely not photo related. So I'm I'm kind of alone, <laughs> but but within such a creative group of people that it it kind of pushes me to to do other things or to be inspired by other things other than photography in order to do photography. Well, I've got. Two more questions for you. Yeah. And the second to the last one is I read that you're a Gene Kelly movie enthusiast. I love Gene Kelly. Okay. Which, <laughs> I got to ask you, which which one of you, of his movies is your favorite? Which one of them? Uh, Singing in the Rain is a great one. Uh, in American in Paris. Okay. That's my vote. The second yeah. choice. I love that movie. That's great. I was just curious. <laughs> it's great to hear, hear somebody, you know, as young as you are, who, who knows and is a fan of his because he's, he's awesome. Yeah. He's he's so amazing at what he does. And he always had a smiling face. He was always ready to sing about something and just like glided across the screen. He's he's great. <laughs> well, my last question that I ask each guest is that I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. Oh. So who would that one photographer be and why? Oh, that's so hard to just narrow it down to. One, <laughs> um, whenever I hit a wall, I look at uh, Todd Selby's work, and Todd Selby kind of is constantly inspiring me to do things. Um, Todd Selby, he he does interiors, 
he uh, mainly takes photos of interiors, but his interior photos are are to show somebody's life. Like uh, he takes photos of Carl Pogerfield's house and like other people's houses, and then also adds little elements of of he draws watercolors over it and he asks questions about the person and and he he tries to make a personal uh thing out of everything he does and i think he does it perfectly and i aspire to him a lot so should check out todd selby great and where can people go to find out more about you and everything that you're doing um i have a constant well i have a facebook where my Facebook is Facebook backslash it's Chloe Rice. And, uh, and also I'm constantly putting things on my Tumblr that lead to whatever it is that I'm doing. So my Tumblr is ochloe.com. It was a pleasure talking to you, Chloe. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. Thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you're hearing, you can support this show in a variety of ways. You can donate any amount using PayPal. A link can be found on the Candid Frame website. Also, if you click on our affiliate links and make purchases through Amazon, B&H, or Adorama, you can also help us to continue to produce the best interview show on photography. The Candid Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. Music is provided by Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music is available through Incapatech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame.